gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you Welcome one more time to our Faith Walking Meditations. This is our first conversation, meditation of the year. So it's so good to see friends and, uh, and reconnect, uh, you know, with a little bit of time together, practice together. And even though it feels uh, that we have been doing this for a long time, uh, it, it actually has. <laughs> it has passed a lot of, of weeks, but we have been in this topic about discernment for uh, some uh, months already. Uh, so we are today are we picking up with the discernment conversation and uh, we are uh, using and exploring, kind of using in a way a little bit the, the outline of uh, Henry Nouwen's book, Discernment, Reading the Signs of Daily Life. And it's a book about that, discernment. But especially today, I think the topic is relevant, at least for me. I feel that it feels, it feels really, really relevant with all the things that we are living in a January of 2022, right? Two years into COVID and with all other things that, oh, geez, uh, it's not fun to read the news, right? I don't know if it is for you, but uh, have to be careful with it. The topic is uh, discerning the voice of God in the signs of the times. What about that? Okay. Discerning the voice of God in the signs of the times. So, uh, I want to start with this. This is a quote of Henry Nolan. Um, he writes, certain current or historical events, decisive moments, and vital episodes in time serve as indicators of signs that refer to the will of God and to a new creation for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. So I love the part of... Uh, you know, uh, discernment in this in this quote. Those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, and this is not superhuman people, or not superheroes, or super spiritual people. They are just people who are paying attention. And I love because I believe I love that because I believe that is discernment, is an intentional centering, an intentional focus of attention and intention into uh, hearing and noticing what God is doing, what God is saying. So now let me tell you what I, I am not saying. I, I don't know. I don't think that Henry now is saying. I cannot speak for him, but I, I am not saying is that we're going to talk about the end of times or, you know, this is going on or, I'm go or, or I know what the will of God is, right, with the things that are going on, especially in this season of, of history right in this year so i really don't know i believe that is a beautiful idea to bring the idea of discernment into the conversation and discerning is a real deal remember discerning is more like a a, a way of life it is it is not about finding a solution an explanation or unveiling a mystery it is a intentional desire to to deepen a relationship with God. It's a desire to know God's heart beyond the consequences around uh, events into that. So uh, bringing that intention into what's happening today, I think is, is the center of, of what uh, is at the heart of this quote of Henry Now. So 
let's just start. Let me give you a couple. This is, there are not many things. A couple of tools and maybe some some considerations. So, the first one uh, is this uh, perspective. Give you a, a tool like we say the perspectives of time, and you might be very familiar with this concept, right? Chronos and Kairos. Chronos, Kairos. I don't know if, if uh, the, the exact pronunciation. Chronos and Kairos. Um, two different perspectives of uh, time they come from the Greek uh, words. Chronos uh, refers to time, right, in, in Greek, but it refers to time in a very specific way. It's a time that is linear, right, that is chronological. It, it refers to uh, events in a timeline, you know. It happened first, second, you know. We are very aware with that. Um, what happened first, what happened next, um, in, it sees time uh, as, as moving forward and in a way also as, as limited. Uh, time is limited in, uh, in the idea of chronos. There's not enough time, 24 hours in a day, right? Your schedule, my schedule, your agenda, my agenda, that's chronos. And I have to admit that I live in a very anxious reality because of that. Because agendas, um, you know, sometimes we... We don't have enough time to do all the things that we want, right? So time is limited and that produces anxiety. And it's the reality, right? No more than 24 hours in a day and or in the big picture, you know, how long I'm going to live, you know, is, is how many years I have, every time that is, every day that's happening is one day less and all of that. You, you can get the, the point. It is valid, it is necessary, but it is just one perspective of time. Kronos. And then Kairos. Kairos sees time, uh, a, but from the perspective of the right time. It is not a timeline. It's the right time. It's the perfect time. It's the right time, the appointed time. It's the time of God. That's pretty much Kairos. And the, the, the Bible, the narrative of the Bible is full of filled with all these moments at the right time, not in the right time. That, that's kairos, is the now. Paul talks about salvation. It's today is the day of salvation. That is kairos. That, this is happening right now. And it has been cooking, if you want, for a long time. This is the right time. When the time is ready, you know, it makes me think of, of uh, a, you know, the birth of a baby, right? Uh, you can see it from from a chronos, right, the nine months and all of that, and you can see it from the right time. It's ready. It's ready. You know, I have four experiences uh, with that in, in home birth. <laughs> I can tell you that's interesting. Okay, this is the time. <laughs> this is Kairos. In, in this uh, perspective, since this is the time of God, time is unlimited because God is eternal. There's no beginning and there's no end. After the end, what is the end? The end is the right time, but it never ends. So it creates a little bit of a mystery, I have to admit, for many of us. And it should be that way because it's the time of God. Right? Time in Kairos is focused on God. It's focused on God and not in time. It cannot contain uh, God because God is bigger than time. I like how many times, you know, especially in the, the book of Revelations, the one who was, the one who is, the one who will be. What a great way to put it right in the last book of, of, of the Bible. So I, I admit that Kairos is 
is a, is a mystery. And uh, I believe that mystery is the space of discernment. It is not by my understanding of my Kairos, because I will never fully understand. It's actually my, my openness to, to, to hear from God where somehow discernment takes place. So think uh, about Kairos and formation. And we talk about formation, especially in faith walking, as a process of a spiritual formation. We have a lot of, of conversation about formation. So um, Kairos, the time of God and formation. So it focuses in this time, in this context, for, time focuses on God's purpose, on God's work, right? So Israel history, for example, is seen from, from that perspective of, of a greater purpose of God, not only from the historical perspective of, of Israel. So God is forming, has a purpose to form these people, right? And it, there's a purpose in a greater plan of God. So have you seen your own time? That is a great exercise. We, we, we do some of that uh, in different contexts, even in faith walking, but, you know, uh, to, to work on a timeline first, but then try to see that timeline and see this from the Kairos perspective. What, what is God doing in all of this? So focusing on God's work. Uh, in this context of formation, a focus, a time focuses also in wholeness and integration. And I love these two words because I believe um, there is no wholeness without integration. Um, and we seek wholeness, shalom, you know, God's, full formation, the, the, the fullness, the fully human, fully alive life, right? And in this case, chronos, or, or the, 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 the past, present, and future, right, is integrated into one being. You know, this is the Marcos. I, I, I like this thinking. There is three Marcos, Marcoses, <laughs> you know? There is Marcos of the past and all my vows. We're talking in faith, walking about vows, experiences that that were meaningful in my spiritual formation in the past, childhood, trauma, celebrations. You know, there's that Marcos of the past. There is a Marcos of the present. That is a Marcos here right now. It is me living this moment. I have some level of freedom and awareness for sure. But there's also Marcos of the future. And it's the Marcos that God is shaping and forming me. It's the, Mar it's, it's the Marcos that is it's eternal in Christ. Christ in Marcos is the hope of glory. And those three Marcoses as integrated can be integrated in a way in this moment because I can be aware of this. So you, do you see that integration and that wholeness? Psychologically, it has a, a lot of great purpose into it, right? And I believe a good psychology helps us to integrate into that. I believe good spirituality does that in the context of God, how God sees me. And it does not only integrate my, my being in the timeline, if you want, but integrates all in it, suffering, joy, redemption. It is deeper than that. So finally, time, uh, when we consider kairos and formation, is uh, understood, should be understood in the context of the whole of God's people and in the context of my individual history. And we, we keep coming back, you know, in these conversations, we keep coming back to this reminder that spirituality is not only an individual thing that happens to me, but it is a thing that happens to us. 
remember a lot of conversations we have had about that individual versus community, the whole. So that is Kairos. Kairos is not only about me. <laughs> I am there, but it is also about us. God is doing something in us, in the world, in the church. Not enough for you, but that somehow I notice a sense of hope rising in me as I consider Kairos. Right? And I, I can I read this morning the this news about Ukraine and oh my gosh, <laughs> the first thing is anxiety. What's going on? Or, right? Is, is this again a war? You know, the, the, the fear of that. And and only this perspective of, of finding what God, what God is doing gives me a sense of humility to, to listen in a different way, right? And not panic or do whatever I do when I get anxious. So a couple more things and it's open for dialogue. So how do how do I understand the science of times? I, I, I don't I don't pretend to try to, to answer the fullness of that question. Okay, let me tell you what you need to do to understand who am I to know it, right? What I know is that um, Kairos is 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 uh, is something that is a mystery and it's something I want to lean into and pay attention, right? So these are three three ideas of of elements of time from this perspective, trying to lean towards Kairos, okay, and towards discernment. So the first idea is that critic events, um, when it seems that there's no hope, there's no way, those are moments that God uses to reveal himself and to create a new way. Isn't that amazing? I, I believe we all know this and are drawn to it. In the narrative of the Bible, it's the, the story, the narrative of the Exodus. What, there is no way to go, literally, no way to go, and God makes a way, and He does it for He does it for His glory. The, the recent Christ, right? Oh my gosh, He died, He died, He died. Everything is lost. Three days. I always wonder. Those three dark days for the disciples, the fear, the anxiety, the soul searching. And the recent Christ. And you know, it's, it's this is the work of God. Right? It is not the chronology. Chronology is the work of God. God is doing something. So it's, it's what, what's God doing in, in, in this hopeless place, season of life, whatever you, you, you perceive. The second <clears throat> Thing, uh, it has to do with current events um, that are happening right now, in which God can be revealing His voice, and, and this is a very, very cool idea. So, so God is, is is making me aware when I pay attention, kind of repeating that I'm seeing something, and He's revealing something that might be only for me, maybe for us. But I'm going to use the example of an individual that might be more helpful. I keep seeing this thing that God is keep highlighting for me in events and news and stuff. I keep feeling this anger or I can feel this hope or whatever. And we wonder what God is doing. And I, I believe it happens this way. We are moved to pray. I mean, that should be the right direction. I might be moved to criticize. I might be moved to judge. I might be to throw a tantrum or to whatever it is. And you know, I mean, just I might be moved to mobilize, and and that might be okay, 
if, come, if it comes from prayer, from the place of discernment, not if it comes from pure fear. That's the difference, right? Uh, of Martin Luther King and, and other people and activists. I don't mention any, I don't have anybody in mind, but uh, I know some people who are trying to fight for justice, but they are people who are really harsh and unhappy and, and judgmental. And you say, what's going on? I thought this was a good thing. <laughs> it's when there's no center, right? So the first moment is to prayer. And that's when discernment takes place. And from there, the movement is to action. Action. And in that action, we find our vocation. Isn't that awesome? You can see the story of Moses that way. In the years, moved to act and kill an Egyptian. Have to flee. All defeated 40 years later. All things change. Right? So anyway, there is a connection in this way to see uh, God's uh, poking me <laughs> into something that is related to my vocation. Finally, current events uh, are an opportunity for discernment. Let's, let's discern. Let's, let's go together. Let's go to the presence of God. Let's, let's listen. Let's pay attention. Discernment, remember, is more a way of life uh, than a specific answer. Discernment is not about solving a problem, even though you can get to places. You ask God, do, do, do we go to war? Do, do, do we fight the Philistines? And, and God answers. But ultimately, the discernment is uh, an exercise to seek the heart of God. And that's a way of life. Somehow it doesn't. It is very immature. It's not solid. Have you been there? You know, I never got to God, but I, when I have a problem, I just try to get the answer. Give me the answer. Who's going to be the one? I'm going to marry. <laughs> so the way of life is, is a, way, a way, an intentional way of life. I love Steve Mackie has a book that I think is released that says uh, practicing the priority for God. I, I might be misquoting. Priority for God. You know, that is, it's not about defending anything. It's a priority of going first to that lens of God before I go to the different lenses that I see things. So let me finish and <clears throat> with this other quote, Henry Nowen. I love it. We will open our dialogue. He writes, God cannot be embodied once and for all in one place or be contained forever in a systems of titles, names, nature, and events. But he does let us suspect him, be suspicious of him. So when we pray to God or seek him in silence, we learn to recognize him in the many little ideas, meetings, events, signs, and wonders that we come across along the way. Beautiful. Thank you, Lord, for letting me be suspicious. Is this from God? Is this you, Lord? And there's no little thing or big thing. It's everywhere. The first quote, for those who have ears to hear, to listen, and eyes to see. And that's the sermon. And that's my encouragement, right? 
become people of discernment. Not because we're better, but because we love much. I believe that's, that's reflective, something that Jesus gave us. So let me stop right there and open this uh, space for conversation. What are you present to? What questions do you have? What comments come to you as you hear all these ideas about the subject? First thing that came to my mind was how completely out of control, but we have no control of, of, of the things that are going on in the universe, the things that are going on everywhere. And I, I thought I understood that, you know, up until about September when my world crashed, you know, and I, I was just, no joke. I, I was at the oncologist's office last week and got some bad news. And then my car broke down. I walk out to get in my car and the radiator blew. And, and at that moment, I did not feel like a child of God. I felt like a, a stepchild of God. And I, 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 I was like, Lord, why? Why now? now? You know? And then, you know, like you said, you hear the current events and the news and just all the sadness and everything going on. It, it, it's hard to get, keep that perspective that he's still in control and that he is um, going to work everything out. I mean, it's, it's, I don't mean to sound hopeless, but I, I really was starting to feel hopeless. I still don't have answers to things, but I've just decided to quit questioning. <laughs> but even that feels hopeless, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Thank you. Thank you, Brenda. You got this, Brenda. He's got this. <laughs> Hang in there. Yeah. Makes me think, Brenda, Book of Esther, right? It's not home. So many, so many instances like that. And I wonder, is, is something about that, um, the conversation about God and Kairos and then produces something in you. What's the impact of that? I was thinking about that, that last part that you were talking about. The, um, I wrote it down. Current, uh, the current events, but a way of life. It's not about the answer. It's about the way of life. So it's like right now I'm having to change my perspective. I thought I had that perspective. <laughs> not even close until recently is in, in embracing the way of life right now. And I, I don't want to use my energy up stressing and anxious and angry and, you know, but then even when I felt that way, I felt like God really understands. I don't feel like he's, you know, casting me aside because, you know, I think he's, he's capable more than capable, as a parent does with their child, you know, that's suffering. I liked, um, Marcus, uh, the aspect of prayer and, and then action. The, the prayer, the discernment and action and, and kind of the sense of order about that and the lack of anxiety in that, uh, it's a different 
um, you know, being able to, we do have control over what God gives us control over. It's just often not the things <laughs> that we see needing controlling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, um, but then in prayer, I can discern what, what would God have me do? And it, you know, and, um, and, and be at peace with that. And that could be a small thing. I mean, uh, but that's a, that's a different approach than either trying to control it all or just, just throwing in the towel. It, it, it's, a, it's a different approach than either of those things. And um, I don't know, I was just sort of reminded of that, that old song um, back in my day, uh, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Amen. Me, I can, I can do something about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, let revival start. <laughs> Thanks for reminding us of that song. You know, um, so I think there is there is a beautiful thing. I just want to highlight uh, that. So we all are wondering what do we need to do, right? And and how dangerous sometimes is is doing from that place that is not a place of discernment. Uh, there is a place of fear. Either I try to control, I become a bully. Right? When we talk of self differentiation. I become a bully and tell you what you're wrong and all the things that you need to do. Or I disconnect and I become not a chameleon, but I, I freeze. I, I just, that's not my problem. I'm not listening. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing. And how how hard it is. Um, you know, I, I went from some time, I did some, some work, uh, the, the living school uh, of action and contemplation and I love, uh, that's one of the first uh, times where I was exposed to this, this idea that every action has to come from a place of no action. Because everything is started there, right? The, the, real, the only way that a real initiator of everything is when I don't, uh, not the, the, the action. And, you know, people who are into ju uh, social justice say, how in the world? But real people who are in that place, the, 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 the ones who are more centered, actually probably will understand. that This is the, 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 the theory, if you want, or, or the reality, I don't know. When you start your action into a good cause, out of a place, not of discernment, but a place of me, 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 we need to change, it's a place of control, you will not be able to sustain it. And eventually, uh, and there are examples of that, you become part of the problem that you're trying to stop. Because you, you, you turn into anger, into judgment, into this. And yes, the cause was good, but suddenly you are doing it in a way. I'm not judging everybody or, or anybody specifically, but that's a reality. Actually, the, the, the Living School for Action and Contemplation started trying to attend to people who were in social justice and were broken spiritually because a year after that, they couldn't find their faith anymore. The alternative is different, right? And the one that comes to, to my mind is Martin Luther King. I, I have him in my mind since we started talking for some reason, right? 
And you see, you, you say it will be uh, less uh, the, the peace that there is. Uh, there is a really good book about his life, and there is one good movie also that I think is accurate. And he reflects that he he was not super at peace. <laughs> he was anxious, but his anxiety was different. He never doubted, you know, that it needed to be done. He, you know, it was a different anxiety that is is a place of of needed of God instead of the anxiety of, I'm not sure if I should do this. Jesus, Jesus was not doubting, you know. Oh my gosh, should I go to the cross? Or should he knew it? Right. It was like it was like an urgency. He knew that he had so much time to get something done. Yeah, and he cried and and, and he sweat blood and you know J- Jeremiah as a prophet, you know, say, okay, I'm not gonna say anything because every time that I speak up for God, they treat me badly, or I say things are hard, right? The, 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 the crying, the tearing up or crying prophet. And he says, right, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but I could not. The God of God compel, compels me and I have to speak. So that, that is the difference, right? It comes from a different source. And I believe discernment, remember, this is about God, not about practice, but discernment is the path. And I think the order is that that is stirring something in me. Where is this taking me? And you start in prayer. Inside. I mean, not necessarily science, but no action. God. And from there, it can become vocation. Beautiful. It reminds me, too, of, of the action, inaction. It reminds me of what we talk in faith walking about as reactivity versus being responsive. And when we have that time of inaction, then we can be responsive instead of just reacting you know, sometimes out of <laughs> a real good reason, but out of, you know, indignation that things happen the way that they do. Um, but we need to respond instead. And it's a process. Yes. <laughs> yes. And just since you did it so well, Trish, the connection, you know, when we do, you, you, you're taking some modules and stuff. Spiritual workout is what we call, right? Is this development of this place of going you know we don't need to call it only discernment but it might look different for you but it is coming back to your center so you don't react right you know you, you don't react and somebody put it i, I wonder it was ken ken schumann saying uh the the, the opposite of um of peace uh is reactivity <laughs> It's, it's not anger, it's reactivity. It's just, right? Right. Yes, I, I, yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just doing without thinking, just responding out of, well, not really responding, reacting. Yeah. Without it, I mean, just bypassing the frontal lobe. Exactly. <laughs> <just> doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the key here is, yes, the, it's not only the frontal lobe, Mm-hmm. But it's the spiritual me, you know, and that is the, the yes. element. I, I, you know, in, in dialectical behavior therapy, they talk about wise mind, emotional mind, reason mind, and they put in the overlap of both is wise mind. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, yeah, it's great. But when we're talking about discernment, we're talking about yeah. God. In this, there's another influence that is, is, is God's voice. Yes. You know, it's God's yes. heart. 
is the, the, the certainty that we have a God who is willing to speak to us. And I'm not talking about revelation, about oh my gosh, I'm going to do it. It is this whisper of God's peace. Learning to hear his voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Learning to hear his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can't hear his voice unless we give that pause and that quiet. Because if we just react, we're too busy. Our, our minds are too full. Um, I remember a student of mine here um, telling me that when she prayed, she liked to walk with her hands open to remind herself that um, she was eager to receive from God, but she was also eager to have God take whatever needed to be removed from her life. And sometimes when I'm really stressed, I like to remember that and, and walk around like that for a little bit and just, just remember. Really good. Really good. Willing hands. Very good. What else comes to mind? I think just the invitation for discernment in times like the times that we are living. There is a there is a need. You know, at this this is what I have in mind and finish with this. Um so uh, information, right? We have too much information and we all have to talk about it, but uh, it, you know, if we want discernment, it's not that we close ourselves to the information that we receive, right? But it is, it is the discernment of, of what information is the information that, that the God is using. And I think that is key in seasons like this, in which uh, we're increasingly inundating, inundated with more and more and more information, right? And, and literally, you can read one thing completely opposite about the same event in, in two different places, right? There is the kind of the polar polarized thinking, but it is it is allowing the information. It's not controlling the information. It is discerning the information that we have. And I, I don't know how else to do that if it is not pausing, creating space that we don't have, overcommitted, over-saturated over, uh, with stuff, good stuff. How many books are you reading at the same time? I remember when Saying that was uh, one. I usually now is like. I mean, I don't want to show you. <laughs> oh, okay, are you are you meddling now, Saul? <laughs> I'm resonating a lot with that. But I think in today's times there is a real deception, and even for me, that if I read enough books, if I read the right, it's not even just being on um, social media or the latest breaking news. It's like, if I can somehow gather enough information or even in the spiritual realm, if I can know enough things about God, then, then I'm good. Then I'll be okay. But it's, it's, it's a paradox because that is not it. I think it's good to be aware, but it's knowing Christ himself. It's knowing God that is 
is what is needed and what is sufficient. Um, because and only knowing knowing what knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ and knowing what He wants me to do specifically, what is mine to do? And He has not called me to solve the world's political problems. I'm so glad <laughs> I'm aware of them. But in what's going on in the Ukraine and stuff, I'm concerned. But I'm not feeding myself a steady diet of that. Um, I can't. Can't. Thank you, Trish. Well, friends, thank you. I want to be mindful of time. Let me close by sharing um, one more time my screen and reading together. Uh, this is our blessing, right? the blessing that we speak to each other. May the Lord use it to bring us to discernment. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'm gonna look twice at you. Till I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes of love